Hey, Anna and Amanda, remember that time a hotel was haunted by death? Hello, and welcome to Remember That Time, an historical podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Webb. And I'm your host, Anna Webb, and this is a podcast where two sisters totally geek out about all their favorite moments in history. And we have someone else today. Yes, we have a guest today. Today on the podcast, we have my partner, Sawyer. Hello. Welcome to the pod, Sawyer. (laughs) Sawyer has been on the pod before doing a Sawyer joke for us. Mm -hmm. Um, And has also been the live studio audience more than once, (laughs) just hanging out while recording was happening. Um, but the topic that I wanted to talk about this week, we both wanted to talk about, so we're just doing it together. Yeah, I love that. Um, I'm also interested in this topic, so I'm really excited. This is going to be a fun one. Um, but before we get into it, shall we drink update? Actually, before we get into that, can I give, um, content warnings just right off the top so you can get out if you don't want to be here? Yes, Um, of course. So we're talking about the Cecil Hotel today and specifically about the Elisa Lamb case, but also just about the hotel in general. And if you know anything about this hotel, it's a nasty place. So today's episode will include, um, murder, suicide, uh, a little bit of talk about sexual assault, not a ton, um mental health that all that kind of stuff so if that is not your jam you you skip skip this this one one. come back yep Yep. um just wanted to get that out at the top so we had that clear before we did our drink update smart she's a smart one now you have a drink update i do should we allow our guest to go first (gasps) sawyer i have dr pepper Ooh, very Uh, good dr pepper um okay amanda what are you having? You you go first. You, go. you always go first. Okay. For me. I'm having some hot tea because ah. despite the fact that it is evening, I really needed some caffeine. You, y'all, I'm dragging today. <laughs> I am dragging. So I'm having a, a little caffeinated beverage. Lovely. Who wants to guess? <gasps> What's a man drinking? Ooh, it's water. Water. <laughs> it's water. It's always water. Love that. All right. right. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. So we're talking about the Cecil Hotel. We wanted to start just talking about the background of the hotel. Um, So I'm going to start with that. Sawyer's going to talk a little bit about a couple of the other notable cases. Um, And then I'm going to give details on the Elisa Lamb case. And then Sawyer's going to talk conspiracy, I think is how we've decided to split this up. So let's do it. The Cecil Hotel is built in Los Angeles in 1924 by three hoteliers, which is a very fun word, always. Hoteliers. Hoteliers. William Banks. Sommelier. Yes, indeed. Mm, They're tasting hotels. Yes. (laughs) The tannins on this hotel are always always finding the tasting notes on hotels. This one tastes like bricks. This one has sort of an oaky afterbirth. (laughs) It does indeed. <laughs> this one tastes like murder. Um, uh, so that's William Banks, Hanner, uh, Charles Dix, and Robert H. Shops. It costs $1.5 million to build. In uh, 1924. Has, in 1924, yes, yes. Yeah. Which is the Roaring Twenties. So people sure yeah. were spending. This is when 
hotels became an industry. Absolutely. Um, and this hotel actually gets later recognized for being a big player in that. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, in the industry of hotels. Uh, it has a marble lobby and stained glass windows. It has 14 floors. Uh, Minus the 13th. Well, it has 15 floors, wow. but they skip 13, so skip it has 14 13, floors right. full of rooms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and 700 rooms is Lorg. It's a big building. It's a big, it's a big one. Yes. <laughs> um, it's shaped like a W. So um, there are like three long sections filled with rooms and then one hallway that connects those three sections, if that makes sense. You can look at pictures of it online, but is <laughs> Yeah, right. Would an E be a better descriptor? I, I guess, yeah. Well, do, I guess it depends on which part of the sidewalk you're standing on. Fair. Whether it's a W or an yeah, E. I guess, too. <laughs> I guess so. It's a curvy W. Um, it's very popular right when it opens, right? In the middle of the Roaring Twenties, and then the Great Depression hits, so it becomes significantly less popular. Um, and... It picks back up after. It's very popular throughout the 40s. But then after that, it really starts to decline. Because it is located right outside of Skid Row in L.A. Yeah. It is one of the most impoverished areas in the world. Um, It has, I I think it has the highest homeless population in the world. Um, Skid Row does. Yeah, it's... um not well taken care of no um no one has ever invested into skid row yeah you know and also there was a period there that they just um tried to contain criminality in la by dropping everybody that was getting out of jail or asylums or anything just straight on skid row and leaving them yeah. yeah. So they created the problem for themselves, and then of every course. time they've tried to fix it, it has been, we're going to get did. the homeless people off the street by arresting them, which does nothing and doesn't help yeah. them. So, you know, Of course. Classic. And the, they get arrested, and then they have to get out at some point, and then where do they go? Back to Back Skid Row. Skid Row. Yeah. Yeah. Classic America. Uh-huh. So its proximity to that makes it start being a little sketchy. Yeah. Also, it has a ton of rooms, so pretty shortly it starts to function also as low-income housing. Mm-hmm. So there are several week or even or week or monthly tenants instead yeah. of just hotel guests. So tourists and guests still stay there, but there's also a big population of Skid Row folks living in the hotel. Um, So it already has some sketchier folks living there because they can't get housing anywhere else, which it has a lot to do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, In 2011, some of the rooms are refurbished and then it is partially rebranded as the Stay on Main. Uh, so the way they split it up is because they wanted to refurbish the hotel, but because it was low income housing, the, the city wouldn't let them completely rebrand. They had to keep their tenants in. It's right. It was like zoned, like yes. a residential yes. hotel. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So they weren't plus, allowed to completely rebrand plus it. Plus by that point, that's how they're making all their money. They can't, it, you know, even if they could close down the, you know, residence, um, portion of their business. They wouldn't because that's where they were making any amount of money. Right. (laughs) Right. Right. 
So the first few floors are long-term tenants. So they're people who have been living there for 20 odd years, you know. Um, the next few are stay on main rooms, which are branded as hostel style rooms. So it's meant for young tourists to stay cheaper with several people in one room. Shared um, hotel space. space in a way. Yes. Yeah. And then the rest is still the Cecil Hotel. So that will either function as regular old hotel rooms or other long-term tenants, just not as long-term tenants. Right, right. The way that people used to live in hotels. Yes, Which yes. I always wanted to do. You know that you know that Mary-Kate Nashley flick where they go to, it's a mystery one, and they go to uh, Hawaii or something, and they sing a song about living in a hotel all the time? That was my dream. That was you for real. A hundred percent it was. You wanted to be Sweet Scarlet so bad. Yes, I did. <laughs> I just love that idea of living in a hotel. You love hotels still today. I love hotels. You're right. It's just, this is an Anna thing. It just always felt like a particular type of glamour to me. I don't know. I love it. Yeah. It's very novel. Oh, yeah. Totally a privileged take, by the way. Like, only very privileged people could live in a hotel like that. But that was like the unattainable, like... (laughs) The one bit of glamour I, I dreamed of. <laughs> For some people, it's to own a yacht. For Anna, it was to live in a hotel. Live in a hotel, yeah. I love hotels, but I don't like sleeping in them. I like everything else about them, but I yeah. don't want to sleep on other people's sheets. I get that. I get that. Anna loves a hotel bed. I love a hotel bed. It's so comfortable. Okay. <laughs> um, the Stay on Main even had its own separate lobby. Because they were really aggressively trying to rebrand it as, hey, young people, stay here. This part is safe. Right. But the issue was. Okay. The issue was. right next to the unsafe place. Well, and it shared facilities. So the elevator was shared. Some of the restrooms were shared. Like, so it couldn't actually be separate at all. Um, It's the same building. Same building. Yeah. (laughs) So. In 2017, the Cecil is named a historic cultural monument by the city of L.A. because of its, you know, contributions to the history of the hotel industry, hotel industry. generally, um, which also means that uh, now pe- now it's like worth something, which is right. funny because it was so dangerous and nobody wanted it for so long. Yeah. And then and it now was it's like a novelty again. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and. There is a very long history of violence and death at the Cecil. Yeah. Well, now, this is interesting to me because hotels in general have a weird relationship with death. Mm-hmm. Um, ask any person who has ever worked in a hotel for any extended amount of time and they will tell you that they have seen a deceased person. Yeah. Or they have been on property when someone passed away. Mm-hmm. People die at hotels a lot. And frankly, if it weren't such high profile stuff that's related to the Cecil, it would not be remarkable. 
Yeah, well, the thing that's odd about it is not just that a lot of people have died there, because you're right, a lot of people die in hotels all the time. It's that all of the pe- all of the people who have died there have died in some horrible way. It, yeah, it's all been odd and all high profile, them. and yeah. it, it captures a lot of media attention. That yeah. is very interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... The first recorded suicide at the Cecil was in 1927, so not very long after it opened. Um, Some reports list 13 or more total suicides in the hotel's history. So I don't have, like, the names of all of those people, but the hotel had the nickname The Suicide instead of The the Cecil for several years. Um, Long-term, that's what long-term residents called it because of that. Um... Just as a an aside, oh yeah, um, which is wild. There's a report that the Black Dahlia, another very famous unsolved mystery case, yeah. um, have, was seen on that too. But yeah, that's for another episode or another um, time. Was seen at the hotel bar a few days before her death. Now, there is no formal record of this. In fact, there was slightly more inf- information to say that that is probably not true. Yeah, it probably but it has happen. been reported enough that it is interesting to note. That yeah, it, it, to, to me, that has always seemed more rumor. You know, one mm. person said they saw it and then other people were like, oh, well, maybe I did see her there. You know, and they... That's a weird trick of human memory, for mm-hmm. in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, um, I have one example of a horrible crime <laughs> from the Cecil, and then Sawyer's going to talk about the uh, serial killers. Okay. So, in 1964, there was a retired telemarketer named Pigeon Goldie Osgood, uh, who was a long-term resident from at the hotel, and she was found dead in her room. Yes. She had been raped, stabbed, and beaten, and her room had been ransacked. <clears throat> and Jock B. Ellinger, I think, Ellinger, yeah. uh, was charged with the murder because he was seen covered in blood roaming the streets close to sure. the hotel. He was sure. later cleared as a suspect. So, so I would love to know why he was covered in blood and roaming same, the streets, but okay. Same. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, here we are. Um, so that, and that is... Not uncommon for this hotel. Like, that was not an odd thing to have happen there. Yeah. Right? Okay. We got two serial killers. Oh, boy. Sawyer, tell us all about them. Speaking of people wandering around in alleyways covered in blood, the Night Stalker, Richard Ramirez, was Sorry. Hold on. I'm so sorry. I can't. There are a lot of serial killers that, like, really, like, for some reason, that particular one just really, like, oh, gets me. And he is one of them. Mm, This guy. (laughs) Okay, sorry. Continue. (laughs) (laughs) No, I get it. Um, So his active serial killing spree um, lasted from June 1984 to August 1985. Um, There was, like... A couple of murders that they're pretty sure he did, but can't yeah. really connect him to before that. And then there's one that they're definitely sure that he did before that. But, like, his main, like, well-known Active. serial killing spree yeah. where yeah. he got the nickname The Night Stalker was during that little over a year. Um, and we were talking about this before we started, where there are some serial killers that have 
like most of them have pretty horrible backgrounds of like childhood abuse or like oh, yeah. stuff like that. Um, but when you go through Richard Ramirez's history, you're kind of like, I understand why you turned out like that. <laughs> yeah, he is definitely one of those. Um, yeah, they all kind of yeah. It it's not a prerequisite, but it is common. Mm-hmm. Um, and his particularly is like, wow, you really had everything going against you, huh? Like every single yes. thing that one person could have it was that like, would make them a serial killer, you had, huh? A perfect yeah, recipe yeah. for a serial killer. Yeah. Yeah. However, uh, it is our choices, you know? Yes. So oh, yeah. Just sit, we're not excusing Richard No, no not at all. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he was born in El Paso in 1960. He grew up in an abusive home life. Um, his dad worked on the railroads and would come back, get drunk, and beat... Ugh. Um, Richard's mom and all of his siblings and him. Um, it feels weird just calling him Richard. I don't know how to uh, t- talk about Ramirez. You can call Ramirez. him Ramirez. <laughs> yeah, call him by his last name, Ramirez. You know, Ramirez. Like, um, like you're the like you're the hard boiled detective going after this guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, it just it feels <laughs> too familiar to call him Richard. I know. I, know. <laughs> I get it. Um, also, that doesn't sound like a serial killer name. <laughs> no, Richard. Oh, just Richard. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Um, (laughs) Old tricky dick over here. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Anyway. Um, So, yeah. Um, He also grew up with his cousin, Mike, who was a Green Beret veteran um, from the Vietnam War. This guy Um, sucked, too. He sucked so bad. Oh, yeah. Because he um, spent most of... Ramirez's childhood showing him in like early teens showing him pictures and telling stories about the rapes murders and mutilations that he committed against Vietnamese women while he was there um and then he also taught Ramirez military skills like stealth killing and how to stay hidden in the dark um so again we say this this guy um really was groomed into becoming a serial killer like yeah yeah oh absolutely he was yeah. And then when he was a little bit older, um, Ramirez uh, was in the room when Mike murdered his wife, um, and uh, Ramirez later claimed that it had no traumatizing effects on him. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, right, dude. I think his words were rather a subject of fascination. Yeah, which is like um, that's the trauma part, bro. That's yeah, the part. hey, hey yeah. bud, that's hey, the bud. manifestation of the trauma, you weirdo. Uh-huh. That's the trauma. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, after that, is. he Found moved it. in with his older sister and her husband. Um, also who was terrible. An obsessive peeping tom. Yeah. Um, and took Ramirez on his outings <laughs> with yeah. him, and then um. Mike was um, determined uh, criminally insane, so once he got out of the yep. mental hospital, um, the three of them would go on Peeping Tom adventures together. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Instead of the adventures of Tom Sawyer, no! the adventures of Peeping Tom. I'm no! so sorry. I'm so sorry. I apologize. Why? It came into my brain and, the, brain and then you also ha- it had to live in somebody else's brain also. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, Amanda. It's bad. Oh. Um, so he started, um, drug and alcohol use at a very young age, um, and moved to California at the age of 22 and began burglaring to support his cocaine addiction. (laughs) 
Um, sure, sure. Yeah, because uh-huh. if the rest wasn't bad enough, let's add a coked up version of him into. This. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and then when he started attacking people, he used various horrible methods of torture and murder. Yeah. Um. And he would try to degrade or humiliate his victims by um, having them say that they love Satan or to swear to Satan, um, especially when um, he was having them um, explain where all the valuables were. If they said they didn't have any more, he would make them swear on Satan that there weren't any more. It's like, okay, bro, but if I – that doesn't mean anything to me, right? Like, you understand that to swear on something, the thing I'm swearing on has to mean something to me, right? To me, yeah. Not to he you, to, to he me. He was bonkers, man. He yeah. was bonkersville. Um, so he was finally caught on September 20th, 1989, and was convicted of all 43 charges, which included 13 counts of murder, 5 attempted murder, 11 sexual assaults, and 14 burglaries. Plus more that we probably don't know about. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. He was sentenced to death and died waiting on death row in 2013. Which is also kind of crazy because that's the year that the Elisa Lamb stuff happens in. It's mm-hmm. 2013, which is weird. Mm-hmm. But we didn't talk about his connection to the Cecil here, mm-hmm. which do you, do you have stuff for that? No. Uh, which it was just that he was living in the Cecil while, yeah. while, while he was doing all of this and would like take off his bloody clothes in the alleyway behind the Cecil. And that's how he got caught is because somebody saw him doing that and then – like, basically distracted yeah. him and kept him there until the police showed up and then he got arrested. This is why he bugs me in that way. It's because he was not that good at it. How did he get away with so many? Like, there are other um, serial killers who are very meticulous. So you understand, right, why they get away with it for as long as they do. But he was pretty sloppy as as serial killers and burglary, you know, burglars go. Yeah. Um, And he would, he just would like, you know, he's taking the clothes off in the alley, which meant he was wearing them the whole way to the alley. How did he know? Because it was in Skid Row and nobody thought twice about stuff like that. I know, but it's just bonkers to me. Mm -hmm. And he just was, ugh. Every time I've seen it, like, video or pictures of him i'm like ugh, ugh, i hate this guy <laughs> yeah he's not sucks. that i like other serial killers i'm just <laughs> saying there are certain ones that really like get, get under your skin get, yes. yeah oh um and then much later there was um another serial killer named yep jack Unterweger? Weger? Unterweger? Unterweger. Well, I, I would probably say Unterweger. I would guess, right? Oh, yeah, because he's Austrian. Because he's Austrian. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's mm-hmm. wrong, though. I don't know. I don't pronounce... Uh, I, would, I think... I, would, I just determined that was closer to the German pronunciation, which I would think would probably be closer to the Austrian, but I don't know. I would say the Americanized version of it is Unterweger. Yeah, Jack. His name is Jack. Jack. Yeah, so, so we'll call this guy Jack. Yeah, I'll, I'll call this guy Jack. Um, Welcome so- to the podcast. <laughs> we pronounce things wrong here. It's kind of our thing. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. So he was Austrian. Um, and then in 1974, he strangled an 18-year-old with her own bra um, in Austria and was sentenced to life in prison. Um, and then that was worked released. Out. <laughs> yeah, was released on parole in 1990 uh, due to becoming sort of a literary success. Um, he spent most of his jail time writing lots of things like books, biographies, children's stories. That's yeah. crazy. Um, uh, and he was yeah, released um, because they wanted him for interviews and like yes. talk shows and stuff that's wow. crazy um, he was booking and they released him from prison um his autobiography yeah. was taught in schools and his stories for children were performed on austrian radio hey yeah hey uh, hey i have a question <laughs> why why are we letting um children buy stories by a man who strangled an 18 year old great question amanda I have a question. Um, don't have an answer for you Frankly, who um, hey, um, who's publishing that? Yeah, right. <laughs> Autobiography, sure, whatever. Like, let, let the guy write. That's a lot whatever. of people do stuff like that in prison. Sure. Yeah, but um, you know what? Here, I don't know what it's like in Austria, but here, oftentimes there will be parts. There will be an aspect to um, a killer's sentence that says you cannot profit off of this. You can't write a book about it and mm-hmm. make money. If you give interviews, you don't make money off of them. Mm-hmm. It doesn't happen in all cases but i wonder yeah. if that existed there at all huh at that yeah time. in the 70s too like mm-hmm. yeah anyway um after that um after like he was released and booked and busy um he moved to prague and killed eight sex workers yeah, by course. strangling them with their their of own underwear course he did of course he did uh-huh mm-hmm. um he the reason he was in Prague was because he was researching red light districts for an upcoming mm. book. Um, oh yeah, I remember that about him. That he like the the cover for all of this for him was that he was researching red yeah. light districts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they gave him um, a cover for his crimes, basically. Yeah, mm-hmm. by letting him out. Yep. Um, after that, he moved to L.A. Um, and I didn't write this down, but um, I saw in a couple of places that there are. Rumors, nothing confirmed, that um, LAPD literally gave him a tour of the red light district in L.A. because his cover was so good. That's crazy. Uh Uh-huh. But he was staying at the Cecil because it was so close to Skid Row and the red light district. Add this guy to my list, you know. Mm -hmm. Add this guy to my list. So while he was staying at the Cecil, um, three more sex workers from Skid Row were killed with their bras. Um, with a signature knot, um, that he would put on all of them. Um, he ended up fleeing with a girlfriend that he had, um, to Switzerland and then France. And then he came back to Miami and then was caught, extradited back to Austria and charged with 11 murders. Why was he extradited, extradited back to Austria if he committed a bunch of murders here? We could have gotten him. Because he also did in Prague. Mm-hmm. I guess, yeah. I think that that was what they were trying to get him on, was the stuff in Prague. Mm-hmm. But they released him to begin with. They should have let us do it that time. Yeah. So. yeah. Oh, God. He was, like, sentenced with less than 11 murders. I think it was nine. Um, and then Because they couldn't pin a couple others on yeah. him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he was so upset and so sad that he killed himself in jail. Mm. Isn't life hard? Well... 
<laughs> Look, it's the consequences of your own actions. Well, isn't that crazy? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, add him to the list. I don't like that guy either. Yeah. So on top of all of that, there is also this crazy case yeah. about a girl named Elisa Lamb. I want to say something before we start talking about this case. Please do. Um, we're going to talk about the conspiracies and stuff later. I I want to make it very clear that I we're not I don't want to talk about this in a way that sounds like we're sensationalizing this young woman's death. I agree. It what happened to her is so sad and terrible and it, I think that it's our human instinct to want to figure out what happened. So mm-hmm. that's really where this is coming from, but I don't want to be like like her family has been through a lot. People she know yes. knew in her life have been through a lot. So I I just mm. want to say like all respect to Elisa's memory and her family. Absolutely. Um, I, yeah, yeah. It, it's a bizarre case. Yeah, um, we mostly still talk about it today just because there it, there is a um a resolution that has been agreed upon. Um, one that I don't find far-fetched at all. No. However, there are so many odd details about this case that it does make the conspiracies very interesting. Yeah. Um, which is why it is still discussed now. And, and I you know? only bring up this little disclaimer because there are a lot of people out there who really sensationalize this and make it for entertainment yes and that bugs me so yes. I, I don't i don't want to this is i want this to feel more educational like that's yeah. what we're we're just yeah. here to inform we're tr- right? we're treating this like a like an unsolved mystery like we like to talk unsolved mysteries on this podcast because right. they are very interesting parts of history for lots of different reasons right um it's this one is pretty recent the, history yeah over the last yeah. few years there has been a lot of like kind of um exploiting this yes i would agree and i don't want it to to feel that way so yes that's all that's all okay yes we can talk about it now (laughs) okay so elisa lamb is a 21 year old canadian tourist visiting la and she's staying in the cecil hotel in january of 2013 uh she's the daughter of two chinese immigrants and a student at the university of british columbia and she is taking a solo trip through california it's like her first trip out on her own. Um, she's already visited San Diego. She arrives in L.A. on January 26th and is due to check out of the Cecil on February 1st to continue her travels to Santa Cruz. So she has, like, this whole thing planned out. Yeah. Um, when she checks into the Cecil, she's originally staying in the stay-on-main part of the building in a hostel-style room with a few other girls. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, the girls start complaining that Elisa is leaving them notes that say things like go home, that she's locking them out of the room and like asking for a password before they come back in. Like she's acting a little odd. Um, and so the hotel staff move her to her own, moves her to her own room. Right. After a few days. We will come back to her odd behavior later. Absolutely we will. But just note that that's happening. Yeah. Um, Again, with the odd behavior, while she's in L.A., she goes to a live taping of Conan. Um, but she is removed from the building because of some disruptive behavior. I can't remember exactly what the I don't remember thing either. was. It was like she was writing a weird note, and then she yeah. was, like, giving it to the security or something. I can't remember all of, all of the details with it. Um, during the trip, she 
consistently calls her parents every day. It was like what got them to agree to let her go on the trip in the first place is that she calls them every day. And then she doesn't call them on January 31st, 2013. And so they are concerned by that. And so they call LAPD and, you know, report her as missing, basically. And uh, pretty shortly after this, they end up coming to LA to help with search and stuff. Her parents, yeah. Her parents, yeah. Yes. Uh, the police search the hotel, but they don't find her initially. Um, the last place she was seen was at a bookstore called The Last Bookstore, which um, is a very spooky sounding last place to be seen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It certainly was The Last Bookstore. Um, like, oh, no. I, I mean, it was. Yep, yep. Uh, the manager remembers seeing her that day and talking to her. They were talking about the book she was buying from her family. She was, like, concerned that they would be too heavy to take home. Like, that right. was what they were talking about. Um, the police take search dogs to look for her. They search the whole building and the roof, which will become important that the dogs yep. were searching the roof. They briefly catch her set at a window. I'm going to come back to that window also later. Um, but otherwise they find nothing of note. Um, by the time they are investigating, the hotel staff had already cleared out her room because she was a late checkout. Which is um, absolutely wild to me. She's a missing person. Well, it was before she was reported as a missing person. Like, LAPD didn't get in until a day or two after her original checkout because her parents called on the 31st. The the official search of the building probably didn't start until the second or maybe third. I either Um, missed something you said or I lost the plot for a second. I'm sorry. Right. So they had already cleaned out her room, so they weren't able to search the room as she left it, but the hotel staff did not report anything of note. They had all of her stuff because they keep all of the late checkout stuff for 30 days. But they didn't go through it or anything, so why would they know? Right. Right. Um, But they had all of her stuff, and they said, you know, the room wasn't ransacked. It didn't look like anyone had broken in. We just collected her stuff, and here's all of her stuff. You can look through it, basically. Um, on February 6th, there has, there have been several days now with no signs of Elisa, so the LAPD puts up missing posters mm-hmm. around the area. So other people kind of now are on the search for Elisa as well. Right. And then on February 13th, the LAPD releases a video of the last known sighting of Elisa. Um, it's a security tape from the Cecil's elevator, from inside the elevator, because there were not security cameras on every floor. Um, Which, it, that's wild to me, but. Yep, okay. <laughs> there are after this. Um, yes. There were not security cameras on every floor, but there was one in the elevator and like in the lobbies. So later they end up going back and they find her coming into the building, like before this tape of the elevator. And I even think I remember something about. There were two people with her, and they gave her a box, but they went back and found the box and her stuff, and it was just her purchases from the last bookstore. Right, so it was yeah. just basically like somebody was dropping somebody them off to her, her or something. something. Yeah, it, it. I don't think they even investigated the people who were with her. Like, I didn't no. think they found that of note at all. Um, anyway, they have very little footage of her that day, but they have this video in the elevator. Um, it's about four minutes long. It shows her, you can find it, it's on the internet. Oh yeah, it's, it's very famous. And it's very unsettling. Um, yeah, people usually just refer to it as the elevator video. 
Yeah. Um, um, you, it's I, really, really unsettling to watch. Yes. I also, though, if you're listening to this and curious, recommend watching it because I think it contextualizes a lot of the stuff we're going to talk about. Yeah, it's not nothing like you know? violent happens in it. No, it's, it's just, just odd. Uncomfortable. It's, yeah. it's a hard watch. Yeah. Um, it shows her, I'll, I'll describe it a little bit if you are not actively watching this video. It shows her entering the elevator um, and she seems normal when she comes in, but then she presses like the whole middle row of buttons down the center. She, like, presses all the buttons. She stands in the corner and waits. And then the elevator door doesn't close. And so then she starts peeking out in the hall. She looks very paranoid, like she's looking at someone or talking to someone. It's kind of hard to tell. Like, she seems freaked out. And then she starts moving very strangely. So she, like, jumps in and out of the elevator in a weird little, like, dance. Um, She starts moving her hands in a very strange way. Like, she's trying to feel something in front of her. Except that it's like... Imagine what it would look like if you went to feel something in front of you and your hands met resistance, but there's yeah, it's nothing like there. Yeah, completely hyperextended. So, it's yeah, it's odd. very odd. It's very odd. Yeah. Um, she does that for a while, little while. She's like counting on her fingers. She stands to the side of the elevator for a while. It looks like she might yeah, like be talking she's to someone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then eventually she walks away. This whole time, the elevator door is hanging open. It's not closing, right? It Which is, is just weird. staying open. I'm going to come back weird. to that. It's so um, weird. The video continues for uh, about another minute after she after walks she leaves. away. Uh-huh. And then after that, it shows the door opening and closing normally. So it closes, it opens, it goes to the next floor, it closes and opens. Because she had clicked all those buttons. Yeah, like that's what happened. It's so bizarre. When they release this video, it goes viral. Yeah. Basically immediately. Um, And then millions of web sleuths start analyzing it. Mm-hmm. Right. Do you have other notes about the, the elevator? Um, some. Let's talk briefly about the elevator video. Because we're going to talk a lot about other things with her, related to her um, death yeah. here in a little bit. Oh, yeah. But I, I want to talk about what they figure out about the elevator video when it is released. Yeah. So first things first, the time code on the video has been obscured. Yeah. You can see it in the release video. You cannot, you can tell it's ticking, but you can't read it. It has been completely obscured. So initially people think that's weird that they would release it with an obscured time, time code, right? Mm-hmm. Then people start to notice that the milliseconds on the time, because you can still see it turning, you just can't read what it says. Um, the milliseconds are not counting correctly. Um, it's too slow because at the end of the video, when the elevator door is opening and closing as normal, it's going much faster. So then people figure out that the video has been slowed down. So part of the reason a lot of her movements look so odd is because it's slightly slow motion. Not a lot, but a little bit. Um, You can also... I imagine they would look even weirder, not slowed down. That's possible, yeah. Um, You can also see a cut in the video, like an edited cut... Just yeah. before the elevator door closes. So it's hanging After open the whole leaves. time. Yes. Yeah. It's hanging open the whole time she's in there. She's walking in and out. She walks away. It sits there for another few seconds. And then there's a, there's a cut. You can see the elevator door goes from being completely closed to a good bit closed because there's a cut. And that's when it starts ticking normally. Yeah. Um. So after the fact, right, after people start investigating that kind of thing, 
the LAPD, you know, they don't release any official statement, but in some documentaries, they've had people on who are part of the LAPD talking about it. And they said, you know, um, it is, that would probably, that was probably a decision of our media team. Um, cause some people were like, did somebody at the hotel who like did something to her edit it before it got released? They have said that they got the video unedited. Um, and that it was probably a decision by the media team because often they will slow videos down to make it easier to see the person so they can be identified. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Um, Especially if there's a lot of time on the video where their face isn't fully in frame. Mm-hmm. Um, because part of identifying someone is often looking at their mannerisms. Yeah. That is a um, typical thing for for police departments to do, I think. Yeah. Um, and that the times code, time code was probably obscure just because they didn't want official dates and times um, because it was part of the ongoing, ongoing investigation. So that was a huge conspiracy. Like, people were like, oh, the LA, LAPD is in on it. But, like, most – the her behavior is odd, but most of those things can be pretty easily explained yeah. away. I think also there was a, one going around for a while, and sorry if this is in the notes later, where – like some people were starting to think like oh someone was like watching the cameras and like messing with the elevator to make the door stay open and and that kind of thing that was the other thing i was going to add people after the fact went to this hotel and like recreated stuff that she did they would try they would see if they could recreate that effect and they discovered that in that line of rows that she uh that row of buttons that she pushed she pushed the whole door button and it seems that she was she probably just didn't realize she hit it um and they experimented and it stayed open about as long as it was open in the video. Yeah. So it actually wasn't open for a very long time because the video is slowed down. Slowed it down. feels like it's opened yeah. much longer than it actually was. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Continuing on. Yeah. Um, over the next few days, this is where it starts to get gross. Sorry, y'all. Um, residents it's, of the it's Cecil. It's real gross. It's real gross. Residents of the Cecil begin complaining about low water pressure oh. and dark, bad tasting water. So I think about it, I I get really uncomfortable. So on February 19th, Santiago Lopez, who is a hotel maintenance worker, goes to the roof to investigate the water tanks because they have low water pressure. Um, He climbs up the ladder to one. They have four tanks up there. He climbs up the ladder to one of them. He finds the hatch open and he looks inside and Elisa's dead in the tank. Um, she is naked and floating face up in the water. It's wild. Oh, it's awful. It's so terrible. Um, officers have to, (laughs) I'm so sorry. Sawyer just showed me a note on their phone that just said dead lady soup. And I didn't care for that. I didn't care for that. And uh, Sawyer didn't have the guts to say that out loud. (laughs) Um, and was trying to to show me that in private, but I'm putting them on last. (laughs) terrible okay that i was just shown that anyway (laughs) on so mean believable um the officers drain the tank and have to cut it open to get her out and when they do they find her clothes floating at the bottom of the tank so they were in there and it was the clothes from the video like people determined that what she was wearing that day. if it wasn't that same day it she would have she probably died only a couple days after because she was in the she had not changed her clothes Yeah. yeah The coroner examines the body. Um, it is has started decomposing because at this week it's at this point it's been two weeks. That doesn't it's mean been that in she water right. For that a doesn't long mean time. that she died two weeks ago, but it does mean that it has been two weeks since she was missing. Right. So, you know, if she didn't die that day, it was pretty close to that day. Um, 
he he finds no injuries or signs of physical struggle. Um, so it doesn't seem like she was attacked. She right? didn't try to fight anybody off. Right. right. Um, the rape kit is negative. They do one because she's naked. Right. Um, it yeah. comes. They, they don't find anything with that. And the toxicology report shows no alcohol or recreational drugs in her system. Because a sure big we'll theory going around <laughs> had to do with her strange behavior being yeah. related to drugs. There's no, there's no sign of that. Yeah. Um, so on February 21st, 2013, the coroner's office declares her death an accidental drowning with bipolar disorder, disorder as a significant factor. So she was diagnosed with bipolar disorder and depression. She's medicated for both. In the past, she had incidents where she would go off of her medication for a long time and would have hallucinations, hid under her bed, ran away. Like, those were things she was prone to do when off of her medication. She once was briefly hospitalized during one of these episodes, right? She had, is it bipolar 1 or 2 where the mania is? 1. Yeah. So she had bipolar 1, so she was more manic than... Than some others might be, yeah. Yes, yeah. More that—that's just what that diagnosis means: is yeah. that the mania is worse than the depression, right? Yeah, right. Um, the tox report showed a lower amount of her medication in her system than there should have been, based on her prescription. Right. So they determined that she was likely either off of her medication or under medicating. When she died. So the official story, the theory by the LAPD that allows them to declare this an accident, based on the facts that they have, is that she was off of her medication. She was having a, which could explain some of the odd behavior in the days before, that she had been off of her medication for a while. um, And that she was having a psychotic episode, um, which can explain the odd behavior in the elevator video. Especially if her episodes in the past have contained hallucinations. Exactly. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they did. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that was mentioned. That has been yeah. mentioned. Um, the episode in her mania causes her to wander her way up to the roof. Like that, whatever was happening in her brain, that's where it was telling her she needed yeah. to go. Right. Or she was running or she was trying to hide because that was mm-hmm. stuff she had done in the past. Um, There's two ways she could have got to the roof. Um, Remember the dogs caught her scent on a window. That window led to a fire escape that leads up to the roof. Now, it's not a very safe fire escape and you have to climb a big scary ladder to get up there. But but she could have gotten up there. If you're in a state of mania, you might do it. Yeah. The other way is that if you ride the elevator all the way up to the top floor, there is a door that accesses to the roof. It is usually locked locked and alarmed. Um, so the hotel staff did not have any, um, recording of an alarm going off that day. Doesn't mean that she couldn't have gotten up that way. It just feels less likely that she got up that way. Um, when she was on the roof, she was looking for somewhere to hide. Um, she climbed to the top of the water tank and jumped in. Um, it's important that the hatch was open when she was found. Initially, the report was that it was closed. But it which, was not. But it comes out later that it was not. It was yes. open when she was found because she wouldn't caused, have been able to close it behind her. That caused a lot of conspiracies, yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Because she would um, not – where – how she was found, she would not have been able to close it. So if they yeah. had found it closed, that would have been cause for – suspicion for sure yes um but it was open when it was found and because of the fluctuating water levels in the tank she got stuck 
Yeah. Um, she probably took her clothes off when they started weighing her down and she started panicking. Yeah. Or if the water was cold, you know, if if you if hypothermia starts to set in, it's very common to, to take your clothes off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that she just got stuck, couldn't get herself out, and drowned in the tank. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in September of 2013, Elise's family files a wrongful death suit against the Cecil, but the case is dismissed in 2015. Basically, they were saying, you know, how could you not have more safety protocols? How could she get up there in the first place? But there's no evidence that they did anything wrong, just that it I mean, was an unfortunate set of circumstances. It wasn't a terribly safe building. I will no. certainly give her parents no. that. Um, but it's not like but, anybody couldn't have opened that window to get to the fire escape. That's kind of the point of a fire escape. Like, Right, yeah. 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 Um, so that's the official story. As we get into several of these conspiracies, there's a lot of other stuff to talk about. Um, because even with the official story, it is still weird. Um, yeah. There are it, a lot of coincidences. Yes. Yeah. And it's still very much, even with the official story, it still could have been murder, right? Someone could have taken her up there and dumped oh, her in that tank. they could have, yeah. Um, they just have nothing to point them to that, so they had no reason to declare it that way. There's no... A physical evidence that could prove it was a murder. Right. Right. They could not, fu- even if they thought that it was, they didn't have enough to criminally charge someone, even if they found them. Right. <laughs> so. Mm hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. So Sawyer's going to talk conspiracies for us now. I sure am. Everybody put on your tinfoil hats. <laughs> it's time. So I tried to order these in um, least to most. Bizarre. um, Yeah. (laughs) um, Like, I feel like the first one is just kind of a, huh, that's really weird. And the last one, you're like, okay, uh, Okay. come on. Uh, (laughs) I want to see what the last one is. Okay. Not me. I'm not going to peek. Even though I probably, I probably know it. But let's, let's go. Um, Okay. So the first thing that I'm going to talk about is um, the last bookstore, once again. Um, It was the last place that Elisa was seen before the video. Um, And um, if you look up the last bookstore's domain, you'll find a postal code um, with a bunch of letters and numbers um, that points to exactly the cemetery where Elisa was laid to rest rest in. In Canada. Mm-hmm. Yes, because that's a Canadian postal code that I'm looking yeah. at here. Yeah, yeah. it's like the, where they're registered, like where their information yeah. is registered, where yeah. their domain is registered. That is bizarre. That is weird. That's that feels to me weird. like something some terrible person <laughs> went in like and a, messed like with really after the fact. Employee made a change. Yeah, or like someone guess. hacked their website or something. Yeah. Especially after it got a lot of media attention. Yeah. 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 That's like, terrible. Like, it could have it could have already been there, but the fact that it's in the cemetery, it's like, come yeah, on. That's it's a little on the nose. Yeah. The only um, thing that would have been weirder is if they had done, like, where her parents lived, but they might, they probably wouldn't have known that, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's like somebody was trying to turn this into an ARG. Uh, yeah, like, 100%. You know. Yuck. All right. Um... Next is um, a black metal musician named Morbid. Oh, this one. <sighs> this one got a lot of heat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was happening. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he was 
targeted by web sleuths. Is yeah. that what we're calling them? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, it's really the only good way to name that entire group of people. <laughs> no, later in my notes, I said desk detectives. Ah, uh, desk too. detectives is good too. Yeah. That's anyway. True. Yeah. Um, so um, on his YouTube channel, he had a vlog from when he was staying at the Cecil. Um, and a few days after Elisa's death, um, the musician Morbid um, released a music video for his song called China um, that implies death, drowning, metal musician stuff. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and many people online began targeting him with hateful messages, calling for justice, death threats, yeah. all the whole nine yards. Um Morbid was not only not a real suspect, um, he wasn't in the country um, when everything happened with her, um, and the Cecil vlog was from a year prior. Yeah, um, he got it bad. It was mm-hmm. bad. And it's I, like he ruined like, his life. He's talked yeah, about it. Yeah. He, and he's like stopped making it. music. Yeah. 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 Terrible. And it, that's yeah. the type of thing that's so like, what is this, the 90s? Like, you're going to go, like, you found a, you know, death metal musician, and all of a sudden, oh, it's Satan stuff. And, it, you know, like, come on. Satanic yeah. mm-hmm. panic is over. Let's move on. You know? Yeah. Like, ugh. yeah. Yeah. Um, so the next one is about a movie from 2005 ugh. called Dark Water. This is weird. It's this wild. This one is so weird to me. Yeah. Um, so the movie's all about a mom and her daughter um, who move into a rundown apartment building, um, and it features a dysfunctional elevator and discolored water, mm-hmm. um, and it's presented as a ghost story. Um, but the daughter in the movie wears a red jacket, just like Elisa does in the, the video. elevator video. Yeah. Um, and it just has a lot of eerie similarities. Um, and people legitimately wondered if someone or some higher power was deliberate, deliberately playing out the movie's plot. Like, in the movie, the girl climbs into the tank the and dies. Yes. Nobody finds her. And then she's found at, because she's, like, haunting the building right. with the water from the water tank. Mm-hmm. Like, they find her because of the infested now, water. Now, if there were evidence of murder in, in Elisa's case... I could see this being the motive. Mm-hmm. Some playing out this movie. Trying to recreate it. However, that is also conspiratorial because this is a thing, right, where people are like, maybe they were trying to act out the plot of this movie they're obsessed with, which is not usually the case. Um, mm-hmm. But it could be possible. A higher power, not so much, I don't yeah. think. Yeah. <laughs> but it's so weird. Like, it is weird. It's there, bizarre. It's, it's not weird that somebody died in a water tank. That happens a no. lot. It's like, that's an odd way to die, but not an unheard of way to die. Right. But it, the the red jacket, the not getting found until there is the, yeah. dark Effects water, like, water. that is so weird. Mm-hmm. It's it's weird. just bizarre how similar it is. Yeah. It's That is one of those universe things where it's like, I don't like that. I don't care for yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Now we're starting to get into the really out there stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, as Amanda pointed out earlier, um, 
2013 is um, when Richard Ramirez died and also when everything happened with Elisa Lamb. Mm -hmm. Um, So some people think that it was the ghost of the Night Stalker that came back to haunt the hotel and that was the invisible person she was talking to on the video. Um, But um, I would like to point out that he... Yeah, number one. Yeah, number two. Um, he died six months after Elisa, so he right. wasn't even dead yet. He was not. Could not have been his ghost. Right now, yeah. maybe in her hallucination, maybe she thought that sure. he was there. That's impossible. Mm-hmm. But we would not know that because she mm-hmm. is yes. gone, and we cannot ask her. <laughs> there are also a ton of other haunting theories that she was being haunted. Yes. That she was talking Absolutely. to a ghost, like well, it's that a super haunted hotel. That so. hotel oh, yeah. is haunted yeah. by tragic deaths. Specifically, yeah. like there are a lot of theories that that had something to do with it. That only really holds water if you are a person who believes in that. But it is right. very interesting that mm-hmm. that is. You know that I I would yeah. I would buy that that was part of her hallucination. Mm-hmm. Sure. Or yes, some but people again, said that they that she was that. possessed because of how well, weird she was yeah, acting. I but, don't buy you know, that. But me either, I, but. I would buy that she maybe thought she was seeing someone who wasn't there. But you know, whatever. Yeah. All right. This one is crazy. <laughs> this is another one where like too many things lined up. This and is the craziest one to me. Fair. Yeah. 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 I had, I was trying to think which one to do last. Um, So right when all of this was happening with Elisa Lamb in the, in the early part of the year of 2013, um, there was a tuberculosis outbreak on Skid Row. um, And the strain going around was called, in all capital letters, LAM-ELISA, spelled the exact same way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, some people considered this proof of Elisa being some sort of bioweapon to take out the people on Skid Row. Um, I wrote, yay, eugenics. Um, (laughs) Yes, I see that um, there. (laughs) Um, she was a student of the University of British Columbia, which has one of the leading tuberculosis research centers. Um, she did not have tuberculosis. No, she did, <laughs> she did not, not appear on the talks report whatsoever. No, no. And you want to know something? <laughs> <laughs> tuberculosis stays in your blood forever. Yes. We know this because we have a friend who got TB in college. <laughs> yeah. And she will forever fail every TB test she ever right. takes, even though mm-hmm. she never even got sick from it. Yeah. She yeah. was just immunocompromised and caught it. Yeah, yeah. They would have been able to, to detect that in a right. blood test very easily. Yeah. Oh, yeah. However. I mean, it is weird. It's the super fact, bizarre. The fact that her university is the top leading TB research center mm-hmm. in the world. Yeah. She comes to LA. The week she's in LA begins not after she's dead the week she's there begins a tb outbreak and then the the name of the strain is her exact name again not named after the fact it was already called that yeah because it's 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 an acronym yeah i don't know what it's an acronym for but it's very long it's very very weird Mm -hmm. like i don't think she was a bioweapon but it's insane that this happened my (laughs) thing with these kind of theories of the like bioweapon stuff is like why on earth would they choose that person? Yeah. yeah. She wasn't even from this country. Why would they? You know, like, how do you think that that happens, right? Like, mm-hmm. the, 
It's I don't weird. know, man. It's bizarre. And why would they tell on themselves like that? Right? Yeah. Yeah. With it being named after her. Yeah. That's telling on themselves. Yeah. If they are trying to be covert and put out a bio weapon, why would they do that? Think, yeah. people. I don't know. Just, just for weird. two seconds. Just think. <laughs> yeah, it's so weird. Um. Okay. This is the one that I uh, heard the most about um because in 2013 i was in middle school so oh god and on <laughs> tumblr tm sorry anna sorry in 2013 <laughs> i was in college oh that makes me feel old okay <laughs> i was in middle school and um my middle school had an elevator um so it it had two floors, so nobody could do this, but, like, they were really trying here. <laughs> um, so there's a thing called the elevator game. Um, and the goal is to enter a different dimension through pressing elevator buttons in a certain sequence. I know. Uh- <laughs> uh, Sawyer's notes say, okay, stay with stay me with here. here. Yes. <laughs> um so here are the rules um you have to enter the elevator alone um press the button for the fourth floor um go to the second floor to the sixth down to the second again up to the tenth and down to the fifth do not get out of the elevator um and then if you see a mysterious woman um don't talk to her. Don't look at her. Um, she is not of this world and she'll take you away kind of thing. Um, and she will enter the elevator with you. And then you have to press the button for the first floor. Um, and there are two options, apparently, that can happen. Um, Ooh, you're on adventure. Okay. <laughs> um, if the lift goes down um the player should leave the building and not look back um, because you're gonna be haunted yeah because things will follow you like the woman will follow you if it goes to the 10th floor after hitting the first floor button um once you leave the elevator it's believed that you'll be entering a new dimension um and Wow, this is very and bloody. You can Mary. get like trapped yeah. there. Oh yeah, 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 yeah definitely. Um, so that is so the, people think that they she was trying to play the elevator game. Yes, yes. in the way she was pressing all of the buttons down in a line. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but like, do the Canadians know about the elevator game? <laughs> <laughs> well, they sure know a lot about tuberculosis. <laughs> Yeah, they really I mean, know a well, lot about TV. So does John Green, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> fair I don't think enough. That means much of anything. Wow. Yeah, that one is. Um. Yeah, that's very like. Um, that's what's nothing. the word I'm looking for. What did you say? Nothing. Nothing. No, is no, the, no. Is, is I, the word I, you're looking for nothing? No, I'm thinking of a word that um, like you know, like Bloody Mary, those kinds of things yeah. that kids do. I can't think of the name. School age, the, like there's like yeah. a word for it, and for some reason, my brain isn't finding it. But you know what I mean. It's yeah, um, yeah. That's oh boy, mm-hmm. yeah. It man, sad. It, it's just sad. Yeah, I, it is I mean, a very sad case. Truthfully, I you know, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'll always look at the weird stuff, but 
you know, she yeah. probably was having a manic episode and climbed up there by herself. I think either that likely. or it's an unsolved murder. Like, one or the other. Maybe, oh, yeah. but I just don't know. If you had murdered someone, why would you leave the hatch open? That doesn't yeah. make sense yeah. to me. Yep. And also, you know, they would have caught they would have caught the person on camera, I think, in the elevator at some point. Um, or in in the building, in the building somewhere. Yeah. Well, because they didn't, it. they never saw her go to the roof because there was no um, security camera on the floor that she would have left from either of the two. Right, floors but you would have had you from. would have seen someone else making their way to the roof at some point, and they would have had or to have like her with her, or yeah. Yeah, to, there would have been some sort of physical evidence, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I don't know. It's yeah. really sad. It's yeah. Sad. And just the fact that it happened there and that that hotel is like... It's bizarre. Has a, had all that crazy stuff happen. I just think it's wild. Mm-hmm. I think it is so wild. It is. Mm-hmm. It is. That's the Cecil. Wow. Interesting stuff, y'all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, Sawyer, for joining us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you want to wrap up with a Sawyer joke via Sawyer? Yeah, sure. Let's do it. Sawyer jokes. Us- All right. Um, so a guy was staying in a hotel. Um, and he couldn't get his phone to work. Um, so he went downstairs because they have reception there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Comedy. That is a really good one. Ha, ha, ha. Classic comedy. I really liked that one. I really liked that one Just a lot. this face. Yeah. <laughs> Loved it. Good Thank stuff. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you for being on the pod, Sawyer. Mm-hmm. Yes. And everyone. Happy to be here. Let's congratulate Sawyer because when this episode comes out, they will have just graduated from college. Yay. So congrats. Go Sawyer. Go Sawyer. Go Sawyer. We did it. You did, did it, Joe. All right. So that that was really interesting. I don't know what the next episode's going to be. Who's to say? Haven't thought about it. I have been very busy and very tired over the last Same over here. It's a miracle we got this one out. Oh, Y'all for sure. Listen. For sure. Yeah. And okay. I, I can almost guarantee she's not going to be on time. But that's okay. <laughs> it's where we're at. Yeah. It's a lot going on. All right. So, uh, yeah, like I said, I don't know what's going to be happening next time. Um, but if anybody has any suggestions for topics, um, things that they'd like us to talk about, we'd love to hear them. Um, you can email us at rememberthatpod at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram at rttpod. Um, we're also on Facebook if you want to find us there. I don't know why you would, but you can. Um, and we would really love it if you would leave us a rating and review wherever you listen to this podcast. And if you want to find me on the internet i am at the real anna webb and i'm at acw nerdfighter and sawyer what's your insta handle sawyer had to step out it's what all right and sawyer is sj.alderman sawyer had to step out for the end of the pod but if you would like to follow sawyer sawyer is sj.alderman yes and we thank them for being here and presenting on the podcast that was yes fun to have them here um all right well do you think baby smurf <laughs> is that do you want that to be the new um closer for the pod <laughs> i was prompting you to do the closer <laughs> i know but imagine that being the ending to the pod well no we can't like we say every week do you think baby smurf <laughs> oh.
Oh, no. No, that was me talking to you. <laughs> telling. Oh, I'm aware you. now, but just imagine. Okay, anyway. Until next time. Remember that time.